Hey, listen to that. I got a uh, station ID. I kind of hated the way I said Atalia. Did that sound cheesy? Did that sound cheesy, Allison? I didn't think so. A little grandmothering. Um, anyway, um, okay, so you got to get closer to the mic. Okay, how's this? Is that better? Let's try that. Sound check. Uh, sound check. So anyway, that's my guest, Allison Kemp, who I'll be introducing you to in a second. Um, but anyway, uh, Thanks for joining us. We're live here in the studio. Um, I want to give, like, uh, first of all, it's Radio Free Brooklyn, but I don't even need to say that anymore. They said that for me. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, I want to give a shout-out to, like, a bunch of things I'm involved in now. Like, I've been going to all these, like, uh, meetings, not AA meetings, uh, benefit meetings, and I'm involved in, um, I want to give a shout-out to the WAGMAG benefit, which is June 1st. I'm involved in that. I'll be giving out awards for the best, uh, weirdest bullshit art. Bullshit. Shouldn't, well, you know, you know what I mean, like things that are like, have the most green in them or the most, the neatest done funny, funny things. And I'm also involved in Community Day, which is uh, June 5th. I went to a meeting for that this week. You guys should come to that, um, Bushwick Community Day, and I'll be rocking people on my lap dressed as grandma, giving them unconditional love. I'll tell you that I love you unconditionally, which I would never tell you if I wasn't in a costume. And uh, what else can I say? What else am I involved in? I'm involved in uh, some other benefit, too. Uh, there was a benefit last week. Whatever. Whatever. Let's move on. So I am really excited to have this lovely, uh, lo lovely, funny young lady, Allison Kemp, on today. Uh, Allison is a comedian, and um, she's doing pretty damn well. We were just talking about her uh, recent audition for MTV. MTV what? Uh, I think it's just MTV. MTV. And you got a callback, right? I did. Yeah, that's so cool. And you also, um, what else? You won a contest for your jokes. Yeah, I won like a joke of the week thing on ComedyWire.com, which is exciting. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear you? No, not really. Really? Yeah. That huh. is like my favorite sound. The sound of my own voice. Really? Is that my voice? Let's oh, see. Oh, oh. I don't know. Wait a minute. Can you can you mic. not hear me? I can hear you. Can you not hear you? I can't not really. Not in the mic or not in the headphones. Huh. Why don't you sit over there? Okay. Let's do that. Put oh never mind. Okay. I usually use that one anyway. All right. Oh, that's so much better. Okay. Yay. Cool. Cool. <clears throat> Excellent. Thanks for uh, noticing, too. Oh, yeah, of course. We're working on this. To g this is a real collaboration right from the start here. Consummate professional. I should say. <laughs> yeah. So um, how do you – sounds like you're – like, tell us a little bit about your comedy, your comedy career. It sounds like it's going well. And when I met you, we met at uh, this great uh, – shoot of all the women in comedy that Mindy Tucker and Jessica Delfino, Jessica Delfino organized for Mindy Tucker, this great photographer who's going to be on here in a few weeks. Did you know that? Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm psyched. And uh, so I had the uh, pleasure, extreme pleasure, meeting Allison at that shoot and actually driving her home. And I think we got, we got, we had the most amazing, I thought that was a pretty interesting conversation. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I don't think we want to get into it again, but it, it involved some intense experiences for you out in L.A. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got kind of lost in it. And I think that we got lost, right? Did we get lost in the car driving around? Yeah, it was raining. It was raining. I think we like missed a turn, and so we had to go all the way around Brooklyn. But it was nice. It was good. Did Did you think I was a shitty driver? No. No? I thought you were I d- a very cautious driver. Well, because I just learned how to drive again. Oh, well, congratulations. Can I hear you? Try it again. I wonder. I'm looking at the you talk. Uh, okay, well, you are a very different driver than how I am. I'm, like, very aggressive when I drive, so I was very comforted by your awareness of the road. That's because you are from L.A. I'm not from well, my or dad. Or that you lived in L.A. I lived in L.A. In briefly. LA. My dad was born and raised in L.A. Um, I mean, I've lived all over growing up, so I have no real home. Mm-hmm. But uh, right. I'm also just an aggressive person. Oh, yeah, that that whole comedy thing. Yeah, well, I just have a lot of, like, my whole family, we have a temper in my family. We call it the Klemper temper. <laughs> <laughs> it's hereditary. Um, uh, years of therapy to deal with anger management stuff. Really? Mm-hmm. So, so um, I want, if you haven't seen Allison, she's a really, really attractive young lady, but she's small. Mm-hmm. She's tiny. I'm a little person. I'm a compact person so how how is having that kind of anger growing like growing up like what do you get you like I'm envious you are naturally angry like what's that like being I'm like I'm the opposite I'm not saying I'm angry but I'm like a I you know I was really repressed I was really repressed so uh anyway uh I want to know what that's like because I have no idea what's that like growing up and feeling you know, ownership over your anger. What was that like? I wouldn't even say that I had ownership over it. I would say that it had ownership over me. Rageaholic. Yeah. Well, because my mom um, has a crazy temper. And especially when I was like a teenager, we would just fight so much and it would get really bad. And, um, and just, you know, my, and she would fight, I mean, with all of us, all me, I have two brothers and we all had a lot of struggles with her growing up. Um, but I felt like I kind of had it the worst because of the girl thing, you know? Cause you had older brothers? I'm in the middle. So I have an older brother and a younger brother. Oh. Mm-hmm. So was everybody angry all the time? Was um, there a lot of yelling? Not all the time, but there were a lot of, like, rage outbursts. And my mom was uh, – well, I mean, is she's uh, still alive. But uh, she – it was like we never knew what was going to set her off. And you would say something that you would think was kind of innocuous, and then she would get really pissed, and then it would turn into a whole thing, like knockout, drag-down fights. So um, that was, like, how I learned how to communicate uh, frustrations, which mm-hmm. then became a problem when then I would go out into the world – and I would just get really angry about stuff, and people would be like, whoa, like, you know. And so I had to learn how to deal with that. Um, so um, what about your dad? Was he around? or My dad was around. Um, he's, like, very mellow. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, his whole thing was always, like, don't make your mother angry. So it, Oh, yeah. man. So he didn't deal with it either. No. He was always, like. That's not good. That's what happened. He was always happened. just trying to be preventative. You know, and he'd be like, listen, you're not wrong, but, like, you just have to suck it up and do whatever you – say whatever you have to say, do whatever you have to do so that your mother doesn't get pissed off because, like, it's, it's like, hellfire when she would, like, get into these rages. And surprise, they're now divorced. Oh, okay. How old were you when they got divorced? Oh, I was, like, in college. Oh, they waited till the kids grew up. Do you think they waited or do you think that was – 
they, um, they'd wanted to get divorced before. I think that they had wanted to before. I mean, when I was a kid, we we were anticipating it. Like, I mean, my mom would always. My mom used to threaten to leave us like all the time. You're kidding? No, she would. That's always, terrible. Don't you think? Yeah, probably. But yeah, probably. <laughs> Come on, haven't you ever talked about this before? You said I yes. did ask you if you were in. Full, I'm a t- it's okay to say that, right? That yeah, 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 I'm in therapy. You don't mind. No, 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 no. no. Um, so you must have talked about this. Oh, yeah, I mean, we talk about my mom a lot in therapy. but um, So, I mean, uh, quite honestly, I mean, I think that's really bad parenting. Sorry. But do, do you? Did, do you? I mean, I'm just – I just think it's – not not to belabor it, but mm-hmm. I just think that's like really not good parenting, and I'm just surprised that you brushed it off so lightly. <laughs> what's that? Ab- what What's that about? What's that about? Um, you know, probably just walls. Uh, I don't know. It, I mean, it is bad parenting, and it was terrible um, mm-hmm. because, like, she would say, like, I'm gonna pack a bag and I'm gonna leave. Like, she would to to my dad, like, I'm gonna leave you and the kids. Like, I don't want. I don't want to be a part of this family anymore. Like, there were times when she would get in the car to leave, and I would stand in front of the car to try to keep her from leaving. Um, wow, that's yeah. terrible. How old were you? Um, probably, like, 10 to 12-ish range. You're, you, the terrible. Your mother sounds really narcissistic. <laughs> Is that, like, an understatement? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I or, never or – she's very the- selfish – what was I, what I mean, was the giggle? What was the giggle? Oh, I don't know. I mean, narcissist. I I guess narcissistic oh, a, and selfish are two sides of the same coin. But she, I definitely. Um, well, one's a little more pathological. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't. She just, I don't even. I, you know, you don't want to put a label on. I can't whatever. begin to try to understand like my mother's psychology. She definitely right. is mentally unstable. She definitely. She uh, in more recent years. I think she – I know she has a Xanax prescription because I have taken them from her sometimes. But um, Shout out, she, Mom. Shout out, yeah, thanks, Mom. Uh, also, you're not listening for sure. and <laughs> That's all um, right. You know, it's fine. But uh, but she – and she probably should have been on – she definitely should have been on Xanax or something yeah. um, a long time ago. And so I feel like she's mellowed out in more recent years. But also our relationship – I mean, we, we just spoke – Again, over email for the first time in over a year. Oh, that's about tough. A few weeks on ago. everybody. Um, I think it was actually better. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that could it was make like sense. every time we would talk, it was just very toxic for me, and it would kind of destroy mm-hmm. me. So, uh, we had a huge fight on my birthday last Aww. year, and that like left me in hysterics. Aww. And after that, I was just like, I'm just not going to talk to her. Um, and and then we went a little over almost a year. Um, Without talking at all, was she trying to get in touch with you? Not really, um, and and it was just I, this last. So my birthday is April third, and so for my last birthday, um, it was one of the best birthdays I've ever had. And uh-huh. I also have a weird thing about birthdays because I feel like my birthday was has kind of been cursed for a long time. I just, <laughs> I just had a lot of bad things happen on my birthday mm-hmm. um, in like the last, I guess, nine years. Wow, um, <laughs> well, just well, okay. Not every birthday, but enough. And mm-hmm. so this is one of the better ones I've had. And also, it, I, my mom and I didn't talk on my birthday this year, which mm. I'm not saying that the two are completely hand in hand, but definitely I think it played a factor. Well, it was something that re- resonated with you. That's what counts, really. Yeah. So um, what, what did your parents do? Like, how did they make a living? Um, well, my dad is a gaming lobbyist. 
Um, wow. Yeah. So he, well, he used to work for, he used to be a lobbyist for Miller Beer, and then he got laid off from there, and then he started working for Harris Casino, mm-hmm. which at the time was headquartered in Memphis, and then... When I was about 13, they decided to move their headquarters to Las Vegas because I guess they realized, oh, we're a casino company and we're headquartered in a state where gambling is illegal. That's weird. <laughs> Let's go to the So Mecca. then you moved there. So then I moved to Vegas and that's where I graduated high school. And then um, my family relocated out to Colorado, um, which where we had been vacationing there for like my whole life. So Did your dad retire or something? Or? Um, no, he it really it's still actually i mean so he was he worked for Harris for a long time and then he kind of got poached by this other company this oh, okay. midwest company and then um like a year or two into him being there they laid him off and huh. Like, it made me really mad because I was like, why did you, like, take him from this job that he had right. had for a very long time if you were just going to lay him off? Right. And that, so that infuriated me. And then also, I mean, in a selfish way of how it affected me, um, I, when I took, when I was in school, like, I was very precocious with school and I, you know. Yeah, you're smart. So you, and you're also, like, not, not shy. So you probably, like, did what you needed to do. You're not worried. You're mm-hmm. not, you don't seem afraid of other people. Is that, or... Is that accurate? Like, you're not, Uh, are you not worrying about, like, what other people think? I'm just going to, like, do this, what I want to do, or something like that? For the most part. Also, my my thing is I always tend to take on too much. So Mm -hmm. I was, like, I just burned myself out because I was, like, Mm -hmm. taking too many classes and Mm -hmm. trying to, like, work on it. I was in theater, so I was, like, I'm trying to work on every play. And, you know, you can Mm -hmm. only be in so many places. So you're ambitious. Uh, yeah. I and mean, I, I got that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was I was really burnt out and I needed a break because I was like on the verge of a breakdown. And so I was going to go to London to do study abroad my junior year, which I was very excited about. Uh, and then my dad, we found out that my dad was getting laid off. Jun- I'm sorry, junior high school or college? College, yeah. So you weren't living at home? No. Okay. And I got, like, I got a full academic ride to school, wow. but that didn't cover the study abroad. So, and my parents were going to pay for that because, you know, right. saved you all this money on college. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, but then my dad was getting laid off. So then I was like, well, you can't go to London now. We're really sorry. But like the school year had already ended and I had already told everybody, like, I'm going to London. Bye. Oh, man. So I was like, and I needed a break. So I took a year off and I went to, I just went out to Colorado and I was a ski bum for a while. Nice. And that was amazing. Mm. Um, and then I did finish school and then I went back to Colorado. So that that's kind of like why I, I claim Colorado is home. That's just like always... Mm-hmm. felt like home but we were talking about my mom so um your dad was kind of do you have to be a oh, lawyer what then? they do yeah um no he was he's not a lawyer um he definitely works with lawyers he started as a journalist um uh-huh. i'm not exactly sure how he transitioned into yeah. that but, but yeah so he was unemployed for a while so he's really smart he's smart yeah. and it's a it's a stable career you had a nice comfortable okay comfortable i had a very yeah. comfortable yeah we were like Middle class, like, mm-hmm. did very well. And, like... Um, and did your mom work, or...? She didn't when we were younger, and then um, she started working. She kind of went back to work at, at one point when we were in Memphis, and she was just doing, like, admin, administrative mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then she eventually... She originally, when she, when she had us, she used to be a flight attendant, work for the airlines oh, and wow. stuff. Is she hot? Um... I'm going to say yes because uh-huh. people say that we look alike. <laughs> she's um, hot. She's hot. She was definitely – and it's definitely when she was younger too. But um, she – so she went back to the airlines and she went, was working with for American for a long time. So she was getting flight benefits. This was great actually. Um, she used to get f- 
flight benefits. And then my dad, because he would travel so much for work, would have all these hotel points. Oh, wow. So we used to get to go on like, these really amazing oh, wow. vacations. Oh, wow. Between mom's flight benefits and dad's free hotels, like, we, you know, wow. you could take a family of five on a trip, you know, affordably. Wow. So that was that was a huge benefit. Um, but, yeah, so my dad, uh, he's back in Vegas now. He's working for some gaming company. I'm not sure exactly what, but, yeah, but he was definitely unemployed for a long time. And that actually, like, they delayed their divorce because um, at the time my mom, so my mom had health insurance, my dad didn't, so they stayed married so that my dad could oh. stay on her health insurance. Oh, well, that's... Yeah. Decent. Are they friendly? Are they get along um, okay? They're amicable. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they can definitely... We've spent Christmases together since the divorce. Um, and mm-hmm. there's a grandson... There are two grandsons now. So uh. they definitely... Um, you know, they can be... Civil. Civil. They can be in the same place together. Mm-hmm. That's um, good. Do, have either of them reconnected with other people? My mom has a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad, I think, is content being alone. Mm. I think he was kind he, of... He had it. He had enough. I think he's kind of done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he did his time. So, um, you know what I'm wondering about? I'm wondering about, um, I'm wondering about like, your sense of authority and how your mom and all the anger at, at home kind of, um, how your sense of authority was affected by a lot of all the anger at home. Like, how did you feel when you were growing up with, Teachers and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, that's funny that you asked that. Uh, I have – with teachers, it varied. I mean, it, because I was such a good student, mm-hmm. for the most part, teachers did love me. And I um, – uh, but I also have always been pretty challenging of ideas. Um, so so I've, I've clashed very strongly with a few teachers mm-hmm. over the course of my life, but then right. like, but then most teachers just love me. So, um, yeah. And then like, what about other authority figures? Like where are, where, like if you go to, um, like if you're working at, um, say a theater and mm-hmm. the director, or the theater operator owner or whatever, like, how do you feel about them? Well, in the theater world, uh, I have a lot of respect for all of that. So that in that particular circumstance, I'm usually pretty respectful. But in general, I would say insubordination is a word that has been used in my direction mm-hmm. a lot in, like, disciplinary mm-hmm. actions. Um, I'm pretty mouthy. And if I think that something is bullshit, I'm not afraid to say it. Right. So, I mean, I've been arrested four times. Really? Yeah. For, for what? Um, the first time was for weed possession the second was a DUI. The third was not paying my cab fare. And the fourth was uh, for ducking a turnstile. <laughs> so <laughs> Arrested. Oh, that's cool. I thought they – you mean arrested and a fine you could, for ducking a turnstile and get arrested? I guess – Yeah, it was – How what, could anyone tell? You would just like, you know, bop, bop, bop under there. Oh, it makes me so mad. Um, I – so – I was on the L train, which, like, I was going into Brooklyn, and it's, like, for anybody who doesn't know, you have to go in on the side that, like, your train is going. So it's, right. You know, as opposed, right. as opposed to the one where, you know, right. you can get on either side. So we get on. We're waiting. I was with two friends, and uh, then all of a sudden they were, like, 
the train is coming on the other side. <laughs> and we're like, what? Fuck. So we run. Um, so we run over to the other side across the street. And then the gate agent, because we had just swiped our cards. Right. And the gate agent wanted to let us through. And so my one friend, both white guys, or both white, one, this one was a guy. He was like, fuck it. And he just jumped over the turnstile. And then mm. me and my other friend looked at each other. And we we're like, all right. And so I have to go under because I'm very short. And right. um, as soon as I stood up, like two cops had just like appeared out of like they'd walked out of a closet or something. And it was like all of a sudden uh, they're just there. So they have us up against the wall. They're yelling at us. They're being uh, dicks. Meanwhile, everyone but you else scared. You weren't scared. I was irritated. Everyone else from the other side <laughs> is coming across, and that and now the gate agent has opened the gate, and so now they're all just streaming through. And we're oh, like, we're not man. lying to you. Like swipe our cards. You'll see that we just you know. Like, obviously, this is the situation. Like, it's a very clear cut. I'm like, I. it's not like I stole the fare. I pay hundreds of dollars for this. No, but it's your attitude that got you in trouble, well, right? Well, what actually got me arrested was because – so what I didn't realize was that when I had gotten arrested for the cab, there's like, a two-year probation period. Uh. Where if you have any transit infraction, then it's an <laughs> automatic arrest. I didn't know that. Um. And so when they ran my name, it flagged, you know, like like as if I had a warrant. And oh. so I got arrested and I was super pissed. And here's Did the you kicker. Did you go? Okay. Here's the kicker. that So it was a two-year probation. The previous incident was a year and th- – or, yeah, one year and – no – 11 months and three weeks prior. So I was like, I was like right on the edge of it. Let me ask you something. Did you shoplift in high school? I shoplift now. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, it's really funny. Like you have, I get the sense that you have like, you have this like, I don't know what it is, a rebellion? Yeah, very damn the man. Yeah, but like, but like in aggre- like in an aggressive way, like you want to get back at authority or back at like what is that? Is, am I right or does yeah. that make any sense? What's no. that? What's that about? Or where where'd that come from? I don't know. I mean, I went to a Catholic high school and I wasn't Catholic, so mm-hmm. I was very outspoken about that kind of stuff. But actually, I went to a nerd camp. <laughs> a nerd? You mean where they teach you how to be a nerd no, if you're not already? It's like you can't get in unless you're a nerd. So when I was in seventh grade, I took. There was, like, a group of us who took either the SATs or the ACTs, depending on where you were. And if you scored high mm-hmm. enough on that, you got you were eligible to go to these summer camps mm-hmm. at college campuses and take mm-hmm. classes over the summer. Um, mm-hmm. So I did that, and I did that in Denver, and I met um, my best friend to this day. But we both almost got kicked out of nerd camp because we were, like, the we deemed ourselves the rebels of nerd camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would do stuff like teepee the halls and, like, <laughs> go, in, go into the guy counselor's room and go through his underwear and, like, <laughs> refer to him by the name of his underwear. You know, and, like, Haynes. Yeah, we, like. Calvin. We did for the talent show. We, like, lip-synced. The Lady Marmalade song, dressed very scantily, and we were like twelve and thirteen years old. It was very. It was I wish very I. I wish we all had a tape of that, huh? I oh god, I wish to death I had a tape of that. Oh, there's I'd love like to see that. there's like a blurry picture that is. Pretty oh really? Will you send it to me so I can post it? Sure. Will it help. <laughs> will help. Will it help describe the visual. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, we almost got kicked out. We like ditched class and it's, and so so I don't so, know. so yeah. So it's kind of interesting. So what I'm trying to put together is. Um, so it seems like you – you. what I'm trying to figure out is, like, do you not feel like the rules the rules don't apply to you? You're really smart. You want to see what you can get away with. What, what, where, like, where, 
which direction is it in? Is it like I want to rebel and have fun? I want to prove something? I don't. Or like I can do this because I'm smart and I'm not going to get caught or I'm angry. Like I'm trying to figure out how like Mm -hmm. your role with your mom might have contributed to your rebellion against authority. I'm also wondering if maybe your father just seemed weak. Yeah. What um, do you think? I mean, yeah, my dad, I, w- I guess in that instance, like he, I would say that he was kind of weak. And I had a lot of frustration with him growing up because I would look to him to be an ally. A protector? Yeah. Like a dad should be? Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, like, literally, I, rem- I don't even remember what the fight was about. Because we would have these crazy fights about, like... That would originate with, like, did you practice your violin? Mm -hmm. And I would lie and say yes, Mm -hmm. even though I hadn't. And then Mm -hmm. it would, like, turn into this huge fight. And, like, things would be getting thrown and broken. But, like, I remember one time my dad, I remember he stood up for me. for Because it was, like, really dumb, whatever the thing was. And so he defended me to my mom. And then she turned all of her aggression from me to him. Mm. And I... And it didn't just happen one time, but, like, she used to, like, so then anytime he would stand up for me, then it would become, like, this huge, this bigger thing. And she would threaten to divorce him. (gasps) And she would tell me that if we get divorced, it's all your fault. (gasps) (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Like, carbon opposite of what you're supposed to tell your kids. Kudos for you for not going under and just becoming like a basket case. Good for you. So Uh, a lot of this rebellion has just been developed out of like a healthy need to do that. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like in a way I definitely definitely act like the rules don't apply to me a lot of the time. Um, And I definitely – I do push boundaries. Like I will see what I can get away with. Like, if you let me come into work late, I'll keep coming in later and later until, mm-hmm. you know, and, and stuff like, like that. And you were telling me a story with your roommates? Yeah. That was more, I don't know. I have, like, issues with money. I And my mom is, my mom is really smart about money. So I don't know if this is somehow, like, a subconscious rebellion against her to just, like, not manage finances at all. Interesting. So wait, let me just ask you one more question before mm-hmm. we move on. Um, so as far as, like, uh, your mom sounds... Your mom sounds horrible. I don't mind saying that because it's not like a gray area to me, to mm-hmm. me what I'm hearing. And I know I don't know the whole story. But so where did your brothers fit in? Were you the were you the leader of the arguments? Did you engage more than they did? Or where where did your where did you fit in in that dynamic? Um, I mean, I definitely had the I would I would instigate more probably. Mm-hmm. Um and also they there was just more to fight about with well, me. Because you're a girl. Because I'm a girl and so it added a whole nother layer of things. Right, because you you're know. you're rapeable. I'm rapeable <laughs> and also like I developed very early. Oh. Like I was the fr- you know, I was the first girl in my class to wear a bra, I had boobs uh. in fifth grade. Which scary, yeah, and I remember for like, them anyway. Yeah, I'm sure, and like now looking back, I can I can see how that must have been for them. But in, but for me, I'm like I'm in sixth grade and it's hot, and I want to wear a tank top. And like, what do you mean I can't wear this shirt? You know, because right, right. I didn't see a problem with it. But sure, of, of course. But at the same time, I was I started getting catcalled when I was you know like 12 years old. So. Right, but you're also like a ballsy chick. I bet guys really liked you. An attractive ballsy chick. Um not really actually. No? It's very like I didn't I have like I had a lot of weird hang-ups about dudes cuz I was never really considered like desirable mm. um until 
later. Like, I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was 21. Really? I mean, I lost my virginity when I was 16, but I didn't have my first. So I was always, like, I was, I had this huge complex. I was like, oh, I'm the girl that, like, guys will want to fuck, but Or be friends with. But nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. So. Scary. You probably, they couldn't handle, they can't handle a, a woman with a big mouth. Probably. I've had that problem in my day. Yeah. And I mean, I went to a conservative school with like a bunch of rich kids. And it's Uh, like, you know, mm -hmm. those guys, especially at that age. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. But you Mm -hmm. want like the cheerleader who's like sweet and nice and isn't going to. So back to the money. So that's interesting. So your mom is really good with money. What does that mean to you? Or how do you describe that? Um, I mean, she just like she's knowledgeable about stocks and. Oh, really good with money. Yeah, actually. And I, I have to give her a lot of credit for this. Like she. When we were younger, when we, when we started getting allowance, she mm-hmm. would, like, let's say we were 10 years old. She'd be like, okay, if you do all your chores, you get $10 in allowance, but I'll give you $5 of it, and the other $5 I will put towards stocks. So she would buy us stock when we were kids for, like, doing our chores, and um, – the idea was that I think that it would someday be like down payment for a house or whatever. Right. But um, I mean, I actually just sold. I sold some of it last year when I was like first became unemployed and like just mm-hmm. needed it, and then I sold another chunk of it um, just now because I have. That's come crazy. Some money How issues. old are you now? I'm 29. So how much um, stock are we talking about? Um, I mean, not a lot, but it, it was five figures at least, right? Uh, it was. I think when I originally went to go sell it, I have I had in total like eight thousand dollars about. Was but but I mean um I mean I don't know how long the but did it seem like wow I got this did it seem like a great idea wow look at all this money I got in my pocket here saved uh, I or kind of not. forgot about it for a long time uh. because it was like so out of my reach like I didn't have direct access to it my mom had all the information about like how right. to get a hold of it and stuff and then. At one point last year when I was, like, literally, like, answering Craigslist ads and contemplating, like, working in porn to make money, Mm. um, I was like, oh, yeah, I have stock I can sell. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Good. Good thinking. Right. So how is your – Before I suck this dick. So your mom is (laughs) – before you suck this dick. Oh, I can sell stock. Right. Or I can suck this dick. Yeah, I can, so, <laughs> I can so, get all the money that I would know, be getting from the stock. For all but, the, yeah, for that all the grief I give my mother, you know, she did make some very uh, smart decisions that, you know. Well, it's hard. Little it's, does she know, kept me out of porn. No, but it, little does she know. Good. <laughs> and mom, shout out mom. Uh, so uh, mom that uh, took your drugs, and uh, you kept, but you kept me from porn. So uh, she is a good mother. See? Uh, so, um, the thing that I'm thinking about is, so it's kind of like, it's interesting. So she, it's like, I'm trying to figure, this is what I'm thinking now. I'm thinking about, I'm trying to figure out if, um, obviously you want to be rebellious or, you know, you don't want to follow in her footsteps, all that. I get that. Right. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we all have the tendency to, you know, as they say, throw the baby out with it. Whatever. I'm trying to figure out. So let's see what you're like with money and what she. So tell me a little bit more about like what was she like with money? Does she um, did she do the family budgets? Did she keep people on track? Like, yeah, like, like what did she know? Was she the like keeper of the she all, the finances? all the finances? She says my dad didn't even know how to be- how to balance a checkbook when she met him. Mm-hmm. Um, so and. He- did you perceive her as doing a great job? And yeah, I mean, we, I like, she definitely 
was very good at stretching our dollars. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know exactly how much money my dad made, but we were right. always very comfortable. And, you know, we would we would go to garage sales every weekend and um, we would get a lot of stuff from there. And she was just – she's very um, – good at being thrifty she's very good at getting deals on stuff um mm-hmm. and she like when we were living in vegas and the housing boom was happening she was like flipping houses and really yeah so she uh was very smart about you know recognizing trends and doing stuff like that so she's talented with money actually yeah and yeah. she you know she reads and watches a lot of Susie orman oh and yeah so she oh. she definitely knows how to like manage money okay so let's hear about your idea like how you've how you and you're 29 so mm-hmm. that's young mm-hmm. you know this isn't a you're not near retirement and this is a this is a whole life this is a journey mm-hmm. so like where are you with money now like um mm-hmm. like what's your attitude about money what happens like what's what's how do you how do you, how does, what role does money, how do you handle money? Tell us about it. I don't. I'm well, <laughs> that's, no, but that's handling it. Yeah. I mean, I just like, and I've always been very like spendthrifty. Um, and my mom has, all, and my mom, my mom used to accuse me of being bipolar when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't out of like, a, hey, I'm concerned about you. You might have this mental disorder. It was like, you're fucked up. You have bipolar disorder. Here are the <laughs> symptoms. And they're all, and to be fair, like, the symptoms of bipolar 2 uh, basically read, like, my personality or at least, like, my personality at the time. Um, so I don't necessarily blame her for thinking Mania. that. But, like, in the sense of, like, oh, I'm just going to go on a shopping spree for no reason. And I'm just going to, like, like money has no value. And I'm just – and I don't know why – I don't know – it's no credit to my parents for why I have this, like, this perspective of money because, you know, they didn't raise me like that at all. Um, and, you know, and I would work and I think it was like, I would work, but I didn't have any expenses. So I was very much like, whatever. And even now I just, I, like, I would rather spend money on an experience than Mm -hmm. on like a thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, and I like to travel. So, and before I was living here and just living here takes up all your money, Mm -hmm. you know, I would be like, let's go on a trip. Let's go do this. Let's do that. You know, let's go to a concert. I love going to concerts. Um, and like doing drugs and shit. So like a lot of my money will go to that, um, mm-hmm. or did, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So it's all just like, and there's this, and I also, I was, I was a server for a really long time. So mm-hmm. then that is horrible. Like if somebody can come up with at least an app or a book or something about like specifically for like service industry people and how to manage your money, that would be a game changer because it's like there's always this idea of like oh I can just pick up a shift tomorrow and make more money and have cash uh, and I have ha- cash in hand. If you walk out of your job, you have cash in hand. Wow! And then you go to the bar and you spend half of it. You know? Wow! Because you're like I made four hundred dollars tonight. I'll be this rich forever. <laughs> right. You know. Right. So that isn't that is unusual though. I mean, not unusual, but that is like definitely more of a challenge to like managing money than people who go to like jobs and get a paycheck every week or two, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no doubt yeah, about it. Yeah, because then you can you can also like when you have a paycheck at a regular mm-hmm. job, you can know how much you're probably going to make, right? And you can adjust for that. Whereas like you know when you're serving, it's like, well, I might I'll go into work tonight. I might make a hundred dollars. I might make three hundred dollars. You know, right. it's like you have no idea, so you right. can't plan. Right. And planning is not really mm-hmm. one of my strong suits anyway, so it, like, in right. my mind, like, worked for me. So how are you earning money these days? Um, I, currently I'm, like, just working for this rich guy doing, like, 
admin stuff. It's mm-hmm. like really um, – I'm basically just updating his email contacts. Right, like a personal assistant kind of thing. Kind of. He like has an assistant guy who I mostly report to who like does most of his stuff. But mm-hmm. literally I just – I they give me a huge list of undeliverable email addresses and then I go and I yeah. stalk those people online. That's all I do. So is that a regular income? I mean, a st- you know, partic- you know, like do you get a paycheck or is it like how many hours you – is it up to you to decide how many hours or how does that work? Um, I mean, it's it's 40 hours, but also uh, it's up to me to decide how many hours I go in. You know, so like you well, could work it's, an extra it's 10. perfect for me right now because it's like, like, for example, today I was like, oh, I have to leave early because I'm going to record something. Or like, oh, I have to leave early because right. I have an audition. Um, and I right. like the other day I left to record a podcast and came back, you know, so it's like right, right, it's right. very flexible. Mm-hmm. And like the stuff that I'm doing is not time sensitive by any means. So mm-hmm. it's like there's no they don't. They don't really care. That's great. So that's ideal. So, it's yeah. ideal for me right now. I mean, the pay isn't huge. I mean, they're giving me fifteen dollars an hour, but it's, it's bad. It's not bad. I mean, it's for me to like, like I, and then I, I work a lot of like kind of odd jobs and stuff here mm-hmm. and there for like yeah. extra money, and then occasionally I make money at comedy. I'm sure. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. So, so, so um, do you charge up your credit cards? Yeah, I mean, I mm. so I lost. I had a, like a regular serving job that was really good. Um, and then I got mm-hmm. fired from that like about like a year and a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And then that launched me into this whole like artist spree of odd jobs and temping and mm-hmm. whatever. So mm-hmm. so it's been a real roller coaster financially and it's been very unsteady. Mm-hmm. Um, and so during that time period, I did uh, I did rack up some credit card spending. Mm-hmm. Which you're sure. paying off. Paying off now? Which I'm paying off now, actually, with this the stock check that I just got. So I owed my roommate a bunch of money, and I paid him back in full. And then mm-hmm. I— With I, the stocks. With the stocks. And then I had my credit card bills that I had just been completely— Because, like, especially with money— And I used to be like this in more aspects of my life, and now mm-hmm. I'm mostly just like this with money, where it's like— Oh, that's a problem, and I don't want to deal with it, so I'm just going to hide from Um, it, and I'm just going to ostrich and put my head in the sand, mm, and maybe it'll go away, you know? mm. But it's like, um, and I mean, I feel like people do this a lot with, like, dental problems. I see it a lot, but it's -hmm. it's like, okay, but if you have a toothache, that's not going to just fix itself. Like, it's only going to get worse. Right. You know? Like, that's only going to be more decay in your mouth, so you need to deal with it. And money is kind of the same. It's like, oh, yeah, my credit card bills aren't just going to, like, disappear if I just don't pay them. You know? It's going to be worse. So I paid down the, like, way overdue payments Mm -hmm. on all my credit cards, and so now I can hopefully, like, have a manageable thing. So, um, yeah, because it's really all psychological, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And what do you do? You spend money. What do you spend money on? Do you, do you spend like? Are you spending money that uh, you could not that you don't need to be spending? Is a lot of it going to like, you know, clothes, drinking? Where's it go? Do you um, know? Yeah, I mean, probably every time I buy weed, I don't need to be spending that money. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, spending money on booze that that is always like how money flies away from you. I've cut down a lot of my spending. Because mm-hmm. um, also, like, I I would also, I would rather smoke weed than drink pretty much any day of the week. Mm-hmm. So I, in my head, I justify it, but I'm like, okay, but if I'm buying a bag of weed, like, a week or every two weeks, that is still cheaper in the long term than if I were to go out drinking. Yeah, probably you know? healthier, I think. Definitely healthier, because it's like, okay, so if I'm spending, like, $50, $60 on weed mm-hmm. in, like, let's say a week, mm-hmm. um, which it's usually longer than that, but... 
I, mm-hmm. If you're going out to a bar, you can spend that in a night mm-hmm. and not even get drunk, you know? Right, so it's right, like, right. You know, so whatever. So I'm like, well, I have to allow myself something. Um, and also the benefit of being a comedian is a lot of times you do get paid in drinks. Drinks, So right. then it's like, okay, well, I'll just drink the drinks that are free. And then get a couple more. Maybe, you know, <laughs> but maybe not. Or um, uh, So I, I cut down the, the drinking spending a lot. Yeah, um, that sounds like a good idea. And also just drinking and because also the problem, because like I want to be this person. Like I so badly, like I need to become successful because I am dying to be the person who's like, Shots on me, you know, and like right. yeah, everyone in here a drink. I get that. So the problem is, I get a little drunk, and then I try to become that person. And you buy, you wind up buying people drinks, and I right? buy people drinks. I was getting that sense. I was yeah. wondering about. Or that. it's like, let's go get food, you know. Let's go, let's go have an amazing meal. And like, let's throw caution to the sure, wind. Who gives a fuck? We're young. We're gonna die tomorrow, right? Like, you know, right. let's do it. So it's like living for the moment. You're you're big into living for the moment. Yeah. And that's great for you, and it's great to be around, right? Great in the moment. Yeah, it's great (laughs) in the moment. But but I think what you said um, is a really good point about being successful, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Because so what are your goals? Your career goals are comedy probably, but what do you have a specific career goal or? Um, I mean, not anyone. Can you can you name somebody who's like if I, you had that career like Sarah Silverman or somebody? Ugh, I love Sarah Silverman so much. Um, like it, that's the kind of career I want. I would like her career. I mean, I know I feel like it's sort of hack even to say, but like I love Amy Schumer's career. I would mm-hmm. love. I mean, I want a TV show with my name on it. I would also mm-hmm. love to host a late night show. I would love. I think I love Samantha B so much. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think her show is probably mm-hmm. the best late night show on TV mm-hmm. right now. Um, yeah, so they're really big goals. Like I know. Yeah. Um, so have you know? So I have you looked into like the like? I think that those women are really like calculated. Mm-hmm. They d- I don't think that they're they work all the time. Yeah, and everything I've heard about Amy is that she's just like been very driven from the get go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I would. I would love to write on a show. I want to, you know, mm-hmm. make a living off of stand-up. I want to do more with acting. Um, I want all of it. I've always wanted all of it. Mm-hmm. So I just am going to keep wanting all of it, mm-hmm. you know. Well, do you feel like you're in control of your life most of the time? Or is it – I mean, you're only 29. We're not judging here. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not. But is it like uh, – is it like – is there like – in other words, like what I'm trying to understand is the balance for you. I think with the challenge challenges because there's you can get so rewarded for like being fun and living in the moment and just you know all you. It's rewarding to you. It's rewarding to other people. It sounds really good, mm-hmm. um, but I think in order in order to you know be successful. You it needs to be you have to have both right we mm-hmm. know this right yeah so do you, do you think is one side suffering is a taking charge charge of what's going on in your life side suffering yeah I mean and that's partially a, I mean part of why I cut back like last year in January I took a break from drinking and mm-hmm. I I didn't I stopped I dry, I didn't drink from like mid January to my birthday mm-hmm. how and, was that um, I mean it was really good at the time I. I really need it. I mean, I, it was for many reasons, partially financial, definitely. And I just, I did save so much money. Um, mm-hmm. But also stuff like, oh, I was actually going to sleep at a normal time and waking up and going to the gym before I went to work. And I was being, I, I would have, it was a very productive time of my mm-hmm. life. And it really made me realize like how much 
drinking really does take away from the productivity of what I'm trying to do. Because it's like, I'm not, like, I can't. And the other thing that's also good is, like, I get red when I drink because I'm You part, get what? I get red. like Red in the face. Red, Rose, red everywhere. Rosacea, they call it, right? Or um, something like that. I, don't know, I think it's it comes from being, I'm part Asian. So my mom's, oh. my mom's half Japanese. And oh, yeah. So that's, that's where it comes from. And uh, I... So I, because of that, I don't drink before I go on stage. Mm-hmm. So the more I'm performing, usually the less I'm drinking, which is good. Um, but yeah, so I, I really took away a lot from that. And, but also in the sense of like, okay, but I'm also not an alcoholic because I can't stop. Like I can have one mm-hmm. drink and then be done. So oh, okay. So that's good. And it, but it was good to check in and be like, okay, well, like, where are you mm-hmm. at? And I have definitely had problems with drinking before, um, mm-hmm. you know, and peer pressure and all that kind of stuff. But And biology, don't. Asians not uh, digest alcohol well. Is that true? Yeah, well, that's Isn't where that it, a biological... That's, that's what it is. It's like there's an enzyme in your body that breaks down alcohol, and a lot of, especially Japanese, about half of Japanese and Chinese people don't have that enzyme, so you mm-hmm. don't process alcohol the same way, and it essentially is like an alcohol allergy. Um, but, I, but interestingly enough, I read that on Wikipedia that <laughs> if you do have this like condition or whatever, that it means that you are less likely to develop alcoholism. Mm. But the recommendation of like how to manage it was continued moderate drinking. Oh, great. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Nice. That's good. Yeah. But I like that. But, but moderate is a word I've always had trouble with. So. So, so, but why are there so many like Japanese, like, you know, Japanese... Uh, salary men drink after work and all that, that whole stereotype. Oh, yeah, drunk Japanese businessmen. I mean, no, you still get hella drunk. <laughs> Just No, I mean, I wonder if they had an alcohol. But n- that's neither here nor there. So, so um, yeah, so... Um, but I feel like with the drink, I feel like with that whole living in the moment thing, um, I mean, part of it comes from, like, you know, I went out to Colorado and I became a hippie and I got really into fish and, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So it's definitely from that. But uh, some of it, especially in the sense of, like, being out at the bar all night drinking and living in the moment that way, is really just hiding from problems and mm-hmm. not dealing with stuff. Mm-hmm. So so are you back to ostriching, you know? Ah, <laughs> uh, so, you're, so you're aware of that. That's good. Yeah. So, I mean, lately, uh, my in the month of May, I've really recommitted myself to... Um, fixing my financial karma. And so I've been kind of on a spending freeze and I've been spending as little as possible. And I re-downloaded a spending app on my phone to Mm -hmm. like track my money and like where Mm -hmm. it's going. Um, Like I'm not spending. That's really great. Thank you. I've actually, I've been an MTA renegade for the month of May. So I haven't bought a Metro card. What does that What does that mean? You're. I've just been just right on the rails. I. Uh, I mean, I just ask for swipes to get it. What? Yeah. That's That's incredible. And I mean, it's wow. Pre- it's been pretty successful. Every now and then, I have to miss a train to get a train because I have to wait till people are coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, uh, and also I have a huge problem with punctuality. Like the fact that I was on time to this today is like. Amazing. <laughs> oh really? Um. So in a way, it's also forcing me to like. Leave a little bit earlier in case you miss a train, you know, and like. Well, you know, it's also really interesting because it's like a lot of it has to do with, I think, you know, you have a weird perception of of rules as well. You should, you Mm -hmm. know, and I guess there's a little bit of like problems managing alcohol, which also has and maybe weed. I don't know. But, you know, it all kind of gets into this mixes in the same 
parfait, if you, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but um, like if you look at anybody who has a show on any kind of TV station, uh, you know, any kind of real TV station, uh, they uh, must have followed a hell of a lot of rules to get there, no? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. does that ever Especially happen? In that word. Yeah, like have you ever um have you ever had a job in an office or where you have to follow rules? Yeah, well I've I mean I've done temp work uh-huh. in this last year, but I've never had like a full-time job in an office. Right, but I mean even like when you got fired, let's say from that job, was that mm-hmm. from not following the rules? Uh it was I mean on paper the reason was because I I overslept a shift uh for the last time. Um mm-hmm. on paper there was like more uh, complicated emotional personal stuff going on with my boss um, right. that I don't have One time t- or energy. Yeah. It's, like, it's like not worth getting into uh-huh. because it's like her shit. Um, right, right. You know. But and we only have 10 minutes. Exactly. So – and it's just not worth it. But um, – so that was why I got fired from that. But I mean – but I had – in a way, I guess, yeah, I had been pushing the envelope a lot because I would like just show up really late or – uh, oversleep a lot, but that was also because I was, you know, staying out late doing comedy, and then you know, right. would, my phone would die, and I wouldn't wake up to my alarm, and that kind of stuff. Right, right. Um, so here's what I think would be here's can I as a uh, as a self proclaimed psychotherapist, yeah. here's a suggestion. Yes. So um, I think that if you got a biography, do you ever read like memoirs, biographies mm-hmm. of like one of the women that you admire? Um, it doesn't even have to be like – I mean, Joan Rivers has a great biography. Have you ever read that? I have it, but I haven't read it yet. Well, any anybody like that, anybody who's successful on network TV or on any kind of – I don't mean like some weirdo underground artist uh, or comedian or whatever. Somebody who's really like made it in, in a big way, uh, I can guarantee you they are total like – um, you know, rule, rule, rule aficionados, mm-hmm. and uh, very disciplined. So you know, I mean, I can, I understand where it comes from. You know, with your mom and your family and all, and also because there is like some kind of you know, I mean, in there there is something really actually really inspiring about you because you don't see enough women. Who would have the balls to fucking ask for a swipe? Am I right? Yeah, I feel like I don't see. I feel like I see men doing it more than I see women. No, but I mean, it's a really ballsy thing to do, right? It is kind of. I feel like it's sort almost like I don't. But it's actually like I think as a woman, also, I think it's so much easier to get a swipe. Um, yeah, because you know. you're non-threatening. But don't I'm, you yeah. think people look at you like what's that experience like? Don't you think people look at you and think like, oh, she must be like homeless or. God knows what drug addict or no because I don't think I really present like that you know I n- no I know but what do you think they think or maybe they just think you're like you lost your card or you have yeah, no money probably that like the, oh she just lost her card and doesn't want to buy a new one or whatever I don't it's I haven't gotten a lot of like strange looks um, definitely in Brooklyn it's easier you know when you're in Midtown or anywhere in Manhattan there's you know you run into like people who are tourists and they don't understand what you mean what's weird is that like it's happened to me a few times where people have swiped for me and then I see that it's like a card with money on it and not an unlimited and then I feel terrible because I'm like no I didn't mean for you to oh, spend money oh I got it you know? oh, but well, I also you know, like I wasn't I really hate, thinking about that I hate the MTA so much like I'm constantly 
<laughs> tweeting angrily at them. And, another authority. You know, another authority. But they fucking have this monopoly on the city and they ruin people's no, lives. I, well, the, them, the, yeah, there's so much crap going there's on so in the city. Them, and like, the when developers. Out, when that stuff came out last year about how they had a $2 billion uh-huh. surplus and they were still raising rates, I lost my mind. Oh, my. So, yeah, no, I get it. But it's I the same it. reason why, like... But you're doing, you're taking this charge. This is like my own like individual activism. And it's just in the same vein as like when I lived in Colorado and it was a small town and we, if you had to go to Walmart if you needed things because that was the only place to get the things. And, but I hate Walmart so much as a corporation. So I developed a rule where I was like, if I go into Walmart and I buy anything from Walmart, I have to also steal something <laughs> from Walmart. That's great. So I will shoplift from like, evil corporations, but I would never steal anything from, like, an independent mom-and-pop type store, you know? Right, like that's, right, like that's right, where the right. You have ethics. Is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You're taking, you're, you know, but, I mean, there's something really, like, there's something really approving. I mean, I approve of it somehow. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's something really great about it. Thank you. So um, we only have uh, eight minutes left, but, you know, it's interesting. Um, I kind of feel like, I mean, I've enjoyed, this is really interesting. I mean, the whole thing. Uh, But something I'm curious about is also you said you were in therapy, right? Mm -hmm. So can I ask you, like, you're pretty complex. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of issues. I mean, it's kind of, they're kind of connected. It's a web of issues that Mm -hmm. you have. Um, You know, uh, I have, you know. I mean, at least, you know, probably three as much, more, whatever. I'm not, you know, uh, anyone with any kind of real brain does, I guess, maybe. But Mm -hmm. um, so uh, what do do you work, what what kind of stuff do you work, like, do you address this stuff in therapy or what, can I ask you what you're working on in therapy? Um, The problem with therapy is that I feel like I go in there and I'm like, yeah, no, I feel fine. Everything's good, <laughs> you know. And then I leave therapy, and then something happens, and then I spiral. And then by the time I have a really bad memory, so then by the time I come back to therapy, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, everything's fine because <laughs> the issue has so, been resolved. So you don't really feel like you're getting that much out of it, or sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. It fluctuates. Do we you definitely f- talk about my mom a lot, mm-hmm. um, and as that relates, do but. you do you talk about money and money issues? Or drinking and drinking, stuff like that? Yeah, I actually almost fired my therapist last year because she wouldn't um, let up about the drinking. Oh, that's bad. And like, That's I, not a good thing for a therapist. They're, yeah, they're not supposed to do that. I felt like, and maybe I was projecting, but like I felt like she was harping on the drinking too much. And I f- she never said that I was an alcoholic, but I felt like that's kind of where she was going. Um, and in a way, I almost like... Like when I took that four month break, I sort of almost did it to prove to my therapist that I mm-hmm. was a, a, not an alcoholic. Yeah. So you rebelled against your therapist. Uh, yeah, I, re- I rebelled. That's hard. Into- <laughs> yeah, you're kind of a tough, tough patient for a therapist because of the whole authority thing. Yeah, but and also authority is a big issue for me. I didn't, I didn't get along with my mom at all. So I mean, if I'm harping on this, that's it's partly projection, yeah. counter transference on my part, but. Um. So, um, do you think sometimes you withhold from your therapist? Yeah, definitely. And so, that's something that I, in my, I'm like, I need to start working on that because there's stuff where I feel that I'm like really ashamed of. Uh-huh. Um, I just won't tell her 
Because yeah, I don't same. want to talk about but it. But maybe you don't like your therapist. Is it a woman? It is a woman, and I do like her. Um, the, I think I might like her too much a little bit because I feel like I've sort of um, – what's the term for it? Um, You've counter, counter-transference? Yeah, transference a little bit because it's like uh, – Transference, right, yeah, of course. Yeah, because I uh, – you know, I've sort of lacked this positive mother figure in my right. life. So then when I do have, like, older women come into my life in sort of an authority, right? Figure, then I'm like, I want, I'm like, oh. Like, I want her so I want her to approve of me. I want her to like me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't want to tell you this stuff. But so, I, I mean, I'm kind of dealing with that. And I guess I should talk to her about that, too. You should talk to her about that. Yeah. yeah. They love that when you talk to about their your relationship with them because that's what, you know. So actually, that would be a great thing for you to try to um, focus on maybe in therapy mm-hmm. is um, how to be more forthcoming okay. with your shrink. Yeah. I also, like, the first therapist I ever went to, I lied to a lot. Like, I, when I was, like, 15, I tried to, I, like, overdosed on a bunch of pills um, mm. in a very melodramatic suicide attempt. Mm. Um, like, my mom wanted to let me go to a party, and I was like, if you don't let me go to this party, I'm going to kill myself. And she laughed at me, and then I was like, oh, I'll show you. And <laughs> now I will kill myself out of spite. <sighs> Um, uh, spoiler alert, it did not take. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got that. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was kind of rough, but then I had to go to like court mandated therapy. Um, but I really, uh, re- it was like a guy and I did not like him. I uh, didn't trust him at all. Um, I felt like he was going to tell my mom everything. And so I would just lie to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, the court made you go. I get it. Yeah. This is, you're paying the therapist? Yeah, I pay her. So yeah, there's there's your money. There's mm-hmm. your money going there. So um, yeah, no. Sometimes I sometimes I walk out and I'm like, I feel like I just wasted, you know, that money. Yeah, no, it's expensive. But then God. sometimes I walk out and I'm like, I'm so glad I did that. So. Yeah, I mean, it's also I've had this problem with my with therapy myself. Um, it, like that feeling of unconditional love that you don't get as a kid, and sometimes you feel like your therapist. I used to worry that my therapist was going to fire me. Mm-hmm. Do you ever like feel like if you're you know, you're, she's not going to be there for you? No. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, and it's like I know that, like, if anything really goes down, that I can, like, call her. Oh, well, that's good. She's then dead. then that's that's more all the more reason why, you know, you you know it should be safe. Mm-hmm. To, and she it's, works- But it's not that you don't feel safe being forthcoming. You just don't want to, like, you're like, fuck you. I don't, I'm not going to tell you this. It's. I think it's more about me wanting to preserve an image of myself. Ah, uh, and um right yeah yeah which yeah which which we know we all know but she probably knows on some level too you know yeah i'm sure she does so we only have a minute left and i want to talk promote your just tell us quickly what are you what are you you're involved in a million things what are they a million things listen Um, up folks listen up get your pens and pencils get your calendars out uh i run and host the naked show where the comedians perform comedy completely naked uh, that'll be at the Creek in the Cave on June, June 24th. Please come and check it out. Um, tickets are available online. I also host a co-host a s- monthly comedy show called I'm Fine, Probably, hmm. at New York Comedy Club. It's the second Saturday of every month, and you can get discount tickets with the code FINE. And uh, that those are my two main things. Cool. I also Twitter. Twitter, at Allison Klemp, A-L-I-S-O-N-K-L-E-M-P. Mm-hmm. And I posted all your info on my Facebook uh, page so people can check it out there. Sweet. Well, I feel like we got a lot done today. I do too. Good. So um, anyway, we only have, we have five seconds left. So anyway, thank you all for listening. I'm trying to clear, 